Welcome back to the Bee Cave Book Hall. I'm Kate Sweeney. I'm the Public Services Manager here at Bee Cave Public Library, and I am so excited to have in our studio Nikki Lofton, local author who lives um, in the Texas Hill Country and writes from there. Um, she's a native Texan, and the Texas Hill Country plays prominently in her novels. She has three middle grade novels, all of which are in our library in print and also in our overdrive collections they have multiple star reviews her latest book wish girl has been actually translated into more than six languages um, and she's been on multiple um, state book lists and multiple awards too many to name but i'm just going to let her jump in because she has got some fantastic middle grade books that she's going to recommend to um, everyone in our bee cave community thank you so much kate i'm excited to be here i am super excited because I get to talk about the kind of books that I was obsessed with when I was a kid, but these are all brand new, like ones that have just recently come out. You know, a lot of times when kids go back to school, I have a couple of kids myself, and they go back to school, and you get all of this assigned reading, and it feels like reading is a chore, a drag, and like reading is the broccoli of your life, and the no. thing is... It's not supposed to be. In fact, reading is the chocolate of your life. If you read the books that I'm going to talk about today, I promise these are going to be the books that kids are sitting up at night with a flashlight under their covers reading, the ones that they're sneak reading under their desks at school. I, I have read all these books and I am in love with them um, for different reasons and they're all really different. The first one I want to talk about. Speaking of chocolates. Uh-huh. Is The Dragon with a Chocolate Heart by Stephanie Burgess. And oh my gosh. When I saw the title of the book, it had two of my obsessions, dragons and chocolate. Together at last. Together at last. It was a perfect combination. When I heard what it was about, I had to read it. So in The Dragon with a Chocolate Heart, there is a dragon when you start out. Not a girl, not a kid, an actual dragon like who eats human beings and other things because human beings are delicious, nutritious, and an excellent source of protein. She is like a, a like a young dragon and she's feeling like she never gets to go fly off on her own and so she sneaks out of her cave away from all of her dragon family and she sees this human and she's totally going to eat this dude. But then he, she smells this amazing smell. She's never smelled it before. He's making something at his campfire. Mmm, you know what it is? Yes, chocolate. And she tastes the chocolate. Unfortunately, it's magical chocolate because he's a magician. And she is turned into a human being, which is a horrible thing for a dragon to become. And all of her own dragon relatives uh, then don't recognize her and are going to eat her. So she has to run away. And she runs away to this town and becomes an apprentice in a chocolate shop. And... This book is it's exciting. I couldn't stop reading it. And it's like one of the most original stories I've come up with. Yeah, that's such a fantastic premise. I've never heard anything like it. I know. It was crazy, crazy good. So she is uh, this, this girl, Adventurine. I, I'm terrible at like spoiling stories. And so I don't want to say what happens. All I'm going to say is... It has this incredibly satisfying ending, almost as satisfying as eating chocolate yourself. Oh, snap. And that's a lot coming from you because I know that you're like a hummingbird. You just oh, well, live like, off chocolate. I, I wrote a whole book about endless candy being available to children. So, yeah. <laughs> the next book I would like to talk about is, uh, it's actually two books because it's a series. And I have read the first and the second book. The second book is coming out I think this week or something it's really Ooh, soon okay. yeah so one of the cool things about being as an author is sometimes I get sent books that haven't even come out yet so um this book is called The Jumbies by Tracy Batiste now I was referring to a book I wrote which was my first book The Sinister Sweetness of Splendid Academy which was um a retelling of Hansel and Gretel 
but set in a school with an amazing cafeteria full of delicious candy and chocolate and very strangely hungry looking teachers. So I like to take fairy tales and rewrite them. But something I love even more is to find a fairy tale I've never heard of because that's pretty rare. I was obsessed with fairy tales when I was a kid and I've read a lot of them from all over the world. But Tracy Batiste has a fairy tale. It's based on the Haitian folktale, the magic orange tree that I'd never heard of. And she wrote this book called The Jumbies. It's about a girl named Corinne Lemaire whose mother has died, which is a great way to start any kind of retold fairy tale. Kill off the mother immediately. And she's living with her dad on this island. And in in the island, in the interior of the island, is this crazy forest that everybody on the island actually knows is full of terrible, creepy, horrible monsters with strange, like, Haitian names. Well, like, even Lagavus. the cover, you see, like, the eyes coming through. I know, I know. And she spends a lot of her time in this forest with her friends, Malik and um, Drew and Buki and they are they're not as afraid as they should be of things in the forest and some of them don't their stories don't turn out well and I really like it when there's actual peril for the yeah, kids in the book yikes, yeah. and, and so um, and in fact there's this uh, this jumbi is like there's all sorts of names for all these creatures but this jumbi called Severine who comes out of the ocean and like befriends um, Corinne's dad and is in fact trying to become her stepmother which is awesome again stepmothers in fairy tales you know they're going to be evil well I don't know if any stepmother I've in any fairy tale I've ever read has been quite as evil as Severine oh, snap. and um, and so Corinne has to actually defeat this incredibly powerful evil monster of a stepmother and save her friends and in fact, um, I'm, I'm going to stop talking about the Jumbies because in Rise of the Jumbies, it actually takes the Haitian folk tales and fairy tales and moves Corinne, who does survive the first book. Okay, I'll spoil it that much. But um, some of her friends may not be in such good shape in this in the second book. And not in, in such good shape. Uh, That's so intriguing. I know. I'm trying not to spoil it. Yeah, yeah. But she actually meets... Um, even more powerful jumbies in the ocean, these mermaid-type creatures, and they're terrifying. And they take her and some of her friends across the ocean to West Africa. And so it goes all over the world. It has this terrifying stuff happening to them. It's so action-packed. You cannot stop reading it. It is a wonderful, wonderful sequel. I, I might like Rise of the Jumbies even better than the Jumbies. Oh, wow. But you definitely need to read them both. Yeah, which which isn't normally Sequels how rarely are, yeah. Yeah, but Rise strong. of the Jumbies gets even scarier. So you've got another book here for us. I do. The next book I want to talk about isn't just one of my favorite reads this year. It may be one of my favorite reads of all time. Oh, I have statement. told everyone about this book. I fell in love with it. It's called Miss Bixby's Last Day by John David Anderson. This book <laughs> had me actually wondering, how did this author get away with this? The kids in this book, so there's these three boys, Brand, Topher, and... Steve. Steve, thanks. Yeah, I think you read it too. Yeah. Um, Van Topher and Steve. And they have one of these teachers that's just amazing. Um, and, you know, he talks about all the different kinds of teachers there are. And there's a lot of, like, 
types of teachers. It, it almost reminds so me of that fun. scene in Mean Girls when they're talking about the different <laughs> tables or whatever, but instead it's like thrown back on the teachers. Right, right. And so, you know, they have all these types of teachers and there's the forgettable teachers and um, and then there are the unforgettable ones, the ones that really that really stick. And that is Miss Bixby. Unfortunately, at the beginning of the story, we find out that Miss Bixby actually has cancer and she is not going to be able to finish out the year. So they plan for her last day, and they're going to have this celebration at school. And then she's not there because she got so sick. She has to go to the hospital immediately, and these boys, that's unacceptable to them. They love her so much that they are going to do whatever they have to do to break out of their classroom, sneak away from their school, and fill a wish list that Miss Bixby made about what her perfect last day on earth would be. So this means these boys actually have to get away from school. They run into like one of the mean teachers and they blackmail him horribly. And I hope I don't turn all the parents and adults who are listening to this off. But one of the things she wanted was a cheesecake, a very fancy one. So they they sneak out to this cheesecake shop, but she wanted a bottle of wine to go along with it. So they actually have to sneak into a liquor store and try to get this like homeless person to buy them booze. It's hilarious, and it's one of the funniest books. I laughed so hard as I was reading kind of the hijinks these boys are getting up to, and then as um, Mr. Anderson unfolds the story of why these boys would risk everything, their school reputations, their home lives, everything for this teacher, you begin to understand the difference that a teacher can make in their lives, and I, honest to goodness, cried while laughing through the last half that is of such the a book. good book that can do that that on on the same page you feel something so deeply and you're laughing so hard but you're it's so tragic too at the same time right and and the and when they finally get with Miss Bixby and make her dreams come true in the way that only young squirrely boys could do fifth grade boys it's perfect <laughs> yes it's perfect and so i actually think that this book it's one of those books that you will read it and you will never forget it. Because I know I have it. I love it. So, um, the next book I want to talk about is a book by Heidi Schultz. And again, this is a book that there are two out in the series. The first one is called Hook's Revenge. Stories that people never forget. Like Peter Pan, for instance. But I have to admit, I never forgot Peter Pan because I didn't like the story. I mean, okay, yeah, I like the flying. I like pirates. And who doesn't like kids getting asked to walk the plank? That's a perfect story anytime kids are in danger. But Peter Pan and Tinkerbell were just never my favorites. Apparently, Heidi Schultz felt the same way because she has written this book for, with the main character who is Jocelyn Hook. She is the long-lost daughter of Captain Hook. And now she's not been raised in Neverland. She's been raised in the real world. And and she lives in England and she's forced to go to this girly, girly boarding school, which is terrible because she's actually a pirate at heart. She is a terrible, terrible person, which means I love her as a character. So she does all these horrible things to the other girls at the boarding school, (laughs) eventually kind of gets kicked out. Um, And she escapes to Neverland when she discovers that her dad, Captain Hook, who she never met, has died and has left her, no, nothing good, just a quest. She has to go to Neverland and revenge his death. Now, revenge is actually a gift because she's going to be good at this. She gets to Neverland. She takes over Captain Hook's old ship, and she has to go um, and fight 
the terrible crocodile that had swallowed the clock, etc. Of course, we you know, know the crocodile is going to come right. into this. And the crocodile is an even more terrifying beast than he ever was in Peter Pan because he has taken on all of these powers and all of these personality traits from all these people that he's been eating. And Peter Pan is there with Tinkerbell, and they're both incredibly annoying. And, <laughs> <laughs> and Jocelyn Hook does an even better job of making Peter Pan feel like he's nothing but a stupid boy. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's just you so... finally have your like vindictive moment of like yes. the best characters come out and the other characters play a backseat. It's so much fun. And she's in charge of all these pirates, but she's in charge of like the worst pirates ever. And you can see her own in it on the cover. <laughs> I mean, she is just totally in command of that ship. Right, right. Well, there's the there's the pirate with the eye patches over his eyes, but he actually doesn't have anything wrong with his eyes. <laughs> there's the, the pirate that is supposed to have one leg, but... Anyway, I don't want to spoil it all, but like literally... Very fractured fairy tale. Ridiculous. You know, the most fun part of this book is that the narrator who's telling the story is like the expert on Captain Hook and everything, and he hates children. So he's telling children the story. Oh, good. The perfect person to be telling the story. Absolutely. So anytime the story actually gets a little too scary or a little too weird or a little like actually sad or whatever, the narrator breaks in and ruins that emotional moment for you so you don't actually have to feel it. And it's so much fun. Um, I love snarky narrators, and this one may be one of the, the most snarky of all. Hook's Revenge, The Pirate's Code is the second book in the series, and it's out already, and... Oh my gosh, these books are just so much fun. I literally couldn't stop reading them. So all of these books that um, Nikki Lofton's mentioning in her um, in this podcast here, we actually have in the collection, or we are shortly going to have in the collection. Um, they're on order. So I know everybody's at the edge of their seat wanting to know what else she has um, to recommend to read, but just know that when the library's back open after our remodel, we are um, ready to distribute these to whoever wants to check them out. And what else do you have for us? Okay, I have a book by K.A. Holt called Nomageddon. Now, K.A. Holt has also written a bunch of really beautiful novels in verse. She's written um, other sci-fi and other fantasy books. And um, this one has just one of the most interesting, unique premises. Um, So we've all read Harry Potter. And we've all seen pictures of the lines of kids and adults, honestly. It's like stretching out of bookstores and libraries for the opening nights of Harry Potter. Well, this book starts out in a world where um, the... The Harry Potter series of, of its in its place in time is the Triumphant Gnome Syndicate series. And Buck, the main Wait, character... Wait, say that one more yeah. time. <laughs> the Triumphant Gnome Syndicate. Wow. I know, I Fantastic. know. It has everything that a fantasy series needs. Triumph, Syndicate... And a cover that looks like it's overrun by Smurfs. Right. It's got these gnomes and these trolls. So the main character, Buck, has been obsessed with this series of books. He's, like, memorized everything in them along with one of his best friends. Even his little sister um, has been really into this series, and they're all obsessed with it. And it is the big night when the next book in the series is coming out. And the author of the series is actually showing up at the bookstore where they are at for this grand opening. And when it happens, there's a terrible explosion and everybody is injured and the author disappears and uh, and actually Buck's little sister disappears into a dumpster and we don't know what's happening. Is she alive? Is she gone? And as it turns out, she's been kidnapped and Buck has to go into this world of these books to save her. And, um, 
one of the, I don't want to spoil it, and I'm really good at spoiling stories by telling too much. <laughs> but what I want to say is the most interesting thing about this book, which, uh, and a lot of interesting things, because it's this world of magic and crazy things, she, Carrie Ann Holt actually turns all of your expectations on their heads. And the person you think may be the hero of the book may not actually be the hero of the book at all. And in fact, the hero may be the person you least expect to have oh, I love that a good role. twist like that. So it ha- yeah, it has one of the coolest twists in any book that recently. And again, if you're one of those readers who gets really obsessed with series, you will see yourself in this book and you will laugh so hard. I know I did. <laughs> so Gnome Again um, is a lot of fun. Of now, all the ser- book series that I'd end up getting thrown into, I think the Gnome Syndicate, whatever, would be the most terrifying. That absolutely. sounds really intense. <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, like I said earlier, one of the coolest parts about being an author, and and this is kind of a secret thing I don't think people know, uh, not everybody knows, that um, when books come out on the shelf, like, okay, September 12th, this book is out, this thing is they've actually printed up some advanced reviewers' copies that they send out to librarians and booksellers so they can read them and know if they want to carry them in their libraries or their bookstores. Well, sometimes authors get sent these books as well. And in my mailbox, just a couple of weeks ago, appeared a book called The Great Hibernation by Tara Dareman. Now, I have read Tara Dareman's All Four Stars series and loved them. And so anytime her name is on a book cover, I'm like, okay, I have to read that right now. Give me a copy, raise oh, yeah. and go. And the cover looks really different and weird. There's like bears and there's a bunch of kids dressed up in strange costumes and there is a sheep or something with snowshoes on it. And I thought, okay, this book has some potential. I'll just read a few pages. (laughs) No. I sat down and I read the entire book. I did not get any of my own writing done that day. It was so much fun. Possibly because if if you've had to read the classics, like Lord of the Flies, which is where all these kids are on this island and there's no adults and they have to manage themselves, and let's just say not everybody ends out all right. Um, Anyways... That's kind of what happens with the Great Hibernation. Now, it takes place in this little town called St. Polonius on the Fjord, and there's the annual tasting of the sacred bear liver, which is as disgusting as it sounds. And every kid or every adult over the age of 13 has to eat a little piece of this bear liver. It's a tradition, tradition that is disgusting, by the way. And this year is the first year that Gene Huddy has to actually taste and eat a piece of this bear liver. It doesn't go well. It ends up with vomiting. It's so gross. Anyway, her parents hide the fact that she didn't eat it, which it's a good thing that she didn't eat it because that night, all of the adults and teenagers, everyone who ate a piece of the bear liver, which means every adult in the entire town, falls into this sleep-like hibernation state and can't wake up. And so the kids of the town figure out that what's happened is the same thing that happened when this town was founded hundreds of years ago. There was a hibernation that saved everyone, blah, blah, blah. And they have to run the town through the I was going to say, I love a good kids run in the place story. <laughs> it's the best. Unfortunately, the kids whose parents were the police are not nice children. And now they are police and they have weapons and handcuffs and a jail cell available to them. The kid who was the mayor's son 
is even worse, and he has ultimate power. And he makes our poor narrator, who he suspects did not eat the liver because, hmm, she's the only one left, um, he makes her do a terrible job that she doesn't want to do. It is awesome. You read the whole thing thinking, what is going to happen? And by the way, are the parents dying? as this is going on, because that seems like it might be happening. And it is so much fun. It is so exciting. And the coolest thing is it has all these sciencey parts in it that are actual science parts, but they're worked in. So you don't realize you're learning about like how fat metabolizes in the liver, all this other stuff. And it's super fun, super exciting. And it's got a great mystery that the reader will start to unravel along with the narrator as you read it. So, and what's not to love about a great mystery? Oh right? my gosh. Wow. We're going to end the podcast there because I think everybody is so eager to drop everything and read right now. Um, these books and um, and the sequels and everything associated with them and even the other stuff that the authors have written because now I'm kind of curious as to other things that they've written previously, especially this um, Tracy Baptiste. I'm so curious about her. But um, anyway, but Nikki Loft and I, before we leave, we'd love to wish you guys a happy book day. So happy, happy book, book day, y'all! The BK Book Hall is part of the BK Public Library's podcast channel. It is produced and edited by Megan Fisher. Thanks to the friends of the BK Public Library for the donation of our podcast equipment. For more information, go to www.bcavetexas.com. Com. Please feel free to email us or leave any comments and suggestions below. We'd love to hear from you.